Welcome to the Talking About Life podcast. It is 6 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. I am your host, Kowski, or Ian Lepkowski, and today we have yet another guest. We always say that we are thankful and grateful for having our guest. We are thankful to God and to the universe for bringing guests to us so that we could keep the show going and provide conversation and value to the listeners. Our guest today is Doughboy, or at Doe's Oven on Twitter. That's at D-O-U-G-H-S-O-V-E-N. Their Twitter, uh, sorry, their Twitter bio reads, because I have been given much, I too must give. Just be real. So Doughboy, uh, what's up? What's going on? Do you want me to call you Doughboy? Do you have uh, an IRL name that you want to go by? And uh, how are you doing today? What's up, man? Uh yeah, so uh, Doughboy, or yeah, my IRL name is Kyle, so whatever, you know, either or, Doughboy's also cool. Do you have a preference? Uh, yeah, Doughboy, Doughboy's cool. Or, or D- like Doughboy, DB, Dough, any of, any of those are all cool with me, so. Let's fucking do um, it. Yeah, man, just, just, uh, just working, just working today, so just grateful to be able to be on this with you. Awesome. Well, as I always say, the show is pretty uh, wide range. We could talk about essentially anything, but it's geared towards talking about our guests' passions, a little bit of uh, self demo- uh, self promotion, self growth, and self discovery. Um, you know, why don't you kick it off and tell us, you know, a little bit about yourself, introduce yourself, and what you're passionate about? Okay, yeah. Um, so, uh, name's Kyle, aka Dope Doughboy in the Twitter streets. Um, and, uh, honestly, I really, really pride myself on, um, being happy, being, uh, positive, having laughter. Um, to me, those are, those are really big things that, um, have kind of sculpted who I am today. Um, but things that I'm really, really passionate on that, that are absolutely, um, big, big things for me is one of the things you read in in the bio, uh, because I've been given, I too much. Uh, I too must give. Um, that's actually a church hymn from a song. Uh, but I, I just think that that speaks leaps and bounds towards kind of my life and things in it. And, you know, if I have some, I, you know, I, I want to be able to give back and uh, cause there's always somebody less fortunate or there's somebody always more fortunate. So um, if I've been blessed in any way in my life, then I, I feel like it is a duty to be able to help and give back to anybody that is less fortunate. I agree. And uh, I think that's beautiful. I I always talk about positivity in uh, addition to passion. So helping the world is a passion of mine. And I'm glad to hear that you're on that same wavelength. Now, I know you said it was a lyric from a song. Um, Does it actually reflect your reality? It says, because I have been given much. Have you been given much? And if so, you know, what have you been given? Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. It's a reality. Um, and, And so like, you know, either, either which way you want to, you want to take that, um, you know, you could take it materialistic or you could take it, you know, uh, you know, all, all kinds of ways. Um, I like to think about it as the broader scope of, Hey, like I have a house, you know, I'm lucky to have a house. I'm lucky to have warm, warm running water. Uh, you know, I have Wi-Fi. you know, any, any of those things in my mind, if you have any of those things, um, then, then you should probably be in a position to where you can help somebody else that's less fortunate. So I'll, I'll, I'll put it at that. You know, it, it doesn't mean that you have to be a millionaire to be able to give back. That's not what I'm saying. Or that I was, you know, blessed with a, a shit ton of money or something like that. Cause I wasn't, um, but just giving back, at, at, you know, I guess at scale, what you could, you know, um, I just think the world needs more of that because people are too rude, man. And, and I, and I love that you said, you know, passion and positivity. Those are, those are huge things. And, and honestly, the, the quite literally the world just needs more of it. Yeah. I, I couldn't agree with that more. You know, the world, it's a lot of light and dark, um, in different extremes. It's a, it's all over the spectrum, you know, from, total financial freedom to total poverty. Uh, that's the world we live in. And it makes me sad to see that, you know, total uh, poverty or, you know, hunger or, you know, just bad circumstances side of things. Now, you know, you've mentioned that you don't need a lot of money to give. I agree. Um, you know, why don't you tell us what are some of the ways that you've found that uh, as someone who's not, you know, born with a billion dollars, uh, how can you give back? Yeah. Um, so I, I, I love that. Um because I, yes, sorry. I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to get my thoughts in order here. 
So I, I absolutely love that because the way that I amplify giving back is my time. Because time is one thing that we will never get back, right? It doesn't matter how much money you have unless you have a freaking time machine. You're not getting your time back. And so time is the literally the most valuable aspect that we can have. Um, and so it's what you do with that time, right? And so and, – and, and what I mean by that is, okay, so – Get, give back, give my time to a stranger, hold the door open. You know, it might take 10 seconds, but hold the door open for him because you, you never know, you know, that, that's that cliche saying, you never know what somebody's going through nowadays, 2023, dude, that is everybody. Everybody is going through something. You just don't know about it, right? There's, there's something that everybody is going through. So that's why that step of kindness is so important. That step, that step of, you know, Hey, you know, it just, you know, it just, it just, those little things throughout the day make such a huge difference and, and impactful in somebody's life that we may never know. But in general, dude, holding open the door, saying hi to somebody when you're checking out, um, you know, just don't pay and leave, you know, say hi to the lady or the, you know, whoever it may be that's check, you know, bagging up your groceries or whatever, have a conversation with them interactions, you know, I think the human interaction aspect needs to be, you know, looked at more. So, so by me saying give back, I give back by my time and my interactions with people. Mainly I can do that all day long. Um, and then obviously, you know, we can, we can talk about, you know, other certain ways. Um, but yeah, dude, as, as simple as a wave, a hi, how you doing today? Hey, I like your dress. One thing that I always do, if I go through a drive through I will, no matter what, find something, whether it's their nails, the hairstyle, a necklace, whatever. And I will compliment the person that well, is taking my money or giving me the food or, you know, whatever it may be. Um, just because dude, compliments go a long way. And so I'm, I'm really just trying to focus the energy that we have on good energy, not the negative, because as if we create enough good energy, there's going to be enough good things, enough chain reaction of good things that happen. And that's going to positively affect somebody's life in a, in a great way. I agree with that. It's it's that butterfly effect of positivity. Um, you know, you don't you don't know who's on some sort of line, right? Like who's who's on their last straw, so to speak, and you know who's on the ledge, right? And maybe you giving them that compliment at the drive-through, so to speak, talked them off the ledge, right? Maybe maybe they just needed one act of kindness to like kind of re-put their perspective into the world and faith in humanity, and they just needed one kind thing that day. Um, Maybe it's something they were about to go to an interview for something else after that. And your compliment gave them confidence, right? So that's what we're talking about here with this like cascading effect of the butterfly effect of positivity. You know, you don't, you don't know what people are going through or, you know, what they need, but no matter what it is, you know, kindness is never going to hurt. And I I would say, obviously it's always going to help. Um, now talking about more about the ways that you give something that caught my attention when I was kind of just, uh, scrolling through your feed before and looking at your post, you were standing in front of this, like giving machine. Do you want to like, what is that? That looked interesting. Yeah. 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 Um, so I, I, I absolutely love that. Um, so that's actually a way, um, that a nonprofit organization gives back to, anybody in need. And so what that giving machine is, is you quite literally, it's a vending machine. You go up to it instead of buying, you know, delicious treats and snacks that we all like, you're purchasing, you know, 10 chickens that are going to go and be able to feed a family, or you're going to be able to purchase, you know, polio vaccines, or, you know, I, I, I know that's not a big thing, but that's something that's there, you know, and other countries, other worlds or um, other parts of the world, you know, diseases are a very big thing, you know, so water kits, hygiene kits, shoes, um, dude, the, the, the list is absolutely awesome, but you just go there and you, and you, you vending machine buy your, you know, whatever it is, a goat, a chicken, you know, whatever it may be. And then they will allocate that money to buy, you know, milk from, you know, goat goats for milk or cows or, you know, meat or whatever it may be. And then they allocate that to people that are in need. And so like, dude, to me, that's just so cool because it's super innovative and it's a new way. It's exciting. But then you know that, that though, you know, Hey, I just bought 10 chickens. Well, people are going to be able to get eggs and they're going to be able to get meat from that. And that's going to be however many mills, you know? And so that, that to me, that giving machine is just awesome. Awesome. And, and so that, that comes around, um, 
in uh, select cities and states, depending, you know, where you're at, but usually around like November, uh, December, the Christmas, the giving spirit season kind of a thing that the the world has grown to know. So really, really cool. And I love it. I will do it every year. Um, but yeah, I, I hope one day to maybe even have something like that. I don't know, but definitely something cool that I like. Yeah, I, I've never seen anything like that. I live in New York. I don't know if they have them or not in New York. Um, but yeah, that's an incredibly cool concept. And yeah, just for the audience, you obviously can't see the uh, picture, but it's just like this big red uh, vending machine, you know, like a Coke machine or something, but a little bit like bigger and wider. Um, it just says giving machine on it. And there's all these like pictures. And I'm assuming the pictures are all of the different things you talked about. Um this is like a silly question. Maybe no, nothing comes out of the machine, right? Like, do you get like a receipt? Obviously, you're not getting the chickens, but like, does something <laughs> come out? Or no, yeah. If you got a goat and chickens, that would be absolutely absurd uh, and awesome. But uh, no, yeah. So, so what it'll what will drop down? So, like, if you were to purchase, say, shoes for a toddler, right? So it might be you know fifty bucks, and you're gonna purchase you know a hundred and fifty pairs for toddlers, right? So that's how that's like how that would be. So what would happen instead of it vending out, you know, has the little spirals in a vending machine and then your bag of chips drop. So what it would drop would be a card that says, you know, 150 toddler shoes. And then that will drop down in the bottom. So then it, it, it just gives you that like, okay, well, hey, that's there. You know, now they're going to collect that. They know that money will be allocated for this, you know, per what I just spent. So, yeah, it's it's really cool. It's a really cool, neat thing. You know, they take something so common that everybody uses, you know, and it's like, you know, okay, well I could spend 10 bucks right now to get a bag of chips that I probably don't need, you know, let's go spend that 10 bucks and give it to somebody in need. So like, um, yeah, yeah. Sorry. I just, yeah, it's an awesome thing. That's, that's one of my little things I love, especially over the, the holiday season. So, and I can find out, I believe, yeah. um, I do believe that they have one somewhere. I, I obviously I know New York's big, but, um, I think that they might have one somewhere in New York, but I could find out and let you know. Yeah, for sure. If you want to do that, that's cool. Uh, otherwise, you know, I'll, I'll try to do the research at some point, uh, you know, next holiday season kind yeah. of thing. I'm on Long Island. I would imagine if there's one anywhere, there's probably one somewhere in New York City, uh, if there's one in New York. So, yeah, that's most likely what it is. Now, what I want to ask you next here is... I love your attitude. I uh, I love the enthusiasm. You know, you could tell like the energy, the tone of your voice. Where is all this positivity coming from? Um, I find that often it's either one of two things, but it could be otherwise. But usually it's you were either raised um, with a very positive upbringing or the complete opposite. You had some horrible or, you know, tragic or rough childhood. Um, and then you, you know, escape from that or healed from that and then have the desire to heal others. Is it one of those two for you or is it something totally different? Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's the first, um, yeah, man, I, I was, I was very, very blessed to, to have a mom and dad that, you know, really, I, I, I learned a lot of that from my dad. Uh, but dude, I, 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 I can't speak enough on, on how much that my mom and dad have done for me in my life and how much they continue to still do. Um, and yeah, just, just, just growing up, you know, and, and seeing my dad work, you know, busting his butt to provide everything that he could for us. And then, you know, driving down the road, you know, and somebody, you know, you know, got a sign, Hey, you know, my dad hands him five bucks. Hey, what are you doing, dad? Oh, well, you know, I felt like I needed to hand it to the guy, you know, and, and just little things like that. Um, but really, really, I learned the positivity and the selflessness from my parents, um, from my dad. Um, when I grew up, we were, I, I, I don't, I don't want to say rich, but we were, I guess, you know, upper, maybe middle class, you know, uh, de definitely well off to where, you know, they could afford to, you know, buy those child, you know, the, the toys and stuff that I wanted and, you know, and things like that. They definitely spoiled me that way. Um, but when I was around, you know, 10 or 11, things drastically changed and my dad actually lost his job and it w it went completely 180. Like, 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 dude, like now it's like, you know, my, my family aspect now, even to this day is that, the, you know, that they, they struggle a lot. And so, but they never focused on that. My dad never focused on 
you know, he never once, never once have I heard my dad say, oh, you know, well, you know, it used to be like this or things used to be better or never, dude, never, never once. He always focused on, hey, well, this is what we have now. You know, this is like, like, you know, hey, sorry, I, we can't go do this. But look what you have now. Hey, we have family and we have, you know, and so and so it was really, I guess, being able to be a part of that, like change of where you know, things were a lot easier in, in, in terms of for, for my parents and, and, and things like that to where then they got very, very hard and things were cut back and very, very strict. Um, but to see that joy didn't leave, um, is something that I've been really, really getting in my deep thoughts and thinking about. And I just like really commend my pops because I just, you know, like, man, there's been a lot of things that have happened in our, in, in life that, yeah, man, for him to still be positive, it, it, it blows my mind. And so, and so I definitely learned that at a young age and, you know, at, at an older age too, that, Hey, you know, it's not all about what you have. It's about who you have. It's about, you know, what you're grateful for and, and how to be grateful for those things. I agree with that. And, you know, to your point about speaking about your dad, it's, it's easier or it's easier, easier to be positive when everything is going well. It speaks leagues tremendous amounts about your father's character, I would think, you know, or I believe from what you're saying, um, that the fact that he went through a rough time and that that didn't take anything away from his attitude or outlook on life or positivity or positive spirit. So I, I think that's really defining, um, holding that positivity, holding that good energy, uh, keeping that light, even when the darkness kind of swells up all around you, so to speak. Now. Do you have any feeling like, or I guess I should say, is there any way that he has verbalized this to you? Like a lot of what you said is uh, you're learning through example, which makes sense to me. You know, he's a good role model and, you know, you learn from him. Especially though, I would think during this uh, tougher time and keeping the positivity through that, I would imagine there might be, you know, more of an inclination to be talking through that or, you know, you're having conversations with him or you're supporting him or he's telling, you know, you're looking at him, dad, how are you getting through this? And he's like, this is how, you know, are there methods or techniques or anything you could share to that regard? So the, so, so I, I guess very little. Um, so like when, when the main bulk of that happened, I was, I was only like, like 10, uh, like nine or 10 when that huge transition happened. Um, and so, and so since I'm, I'm 28 now. And so, so since then it's kind of been like, I almost hate to say this, but like, but like almost like the new normal for like my family's situation, right? Like they, like that's, you know, I, I, I hate to say that, but that's kind of, you know, it's not like a big, it's not, it's not like a new transition. It's not something big, you know, changing every day or whatever. It's like, that's where they're at. It's kind of, you know, that's where they're going to be at. Um, but going back, so when I was growing up, there would be times where I'd be like, oh, yeah, you know, like, I, Dad, I need these football cleats. I want these football cleats. You know, I want the, you know, every year I would get new football cleats, right? Because my parents could afford to do that. Well, when things happen like this, well, I can't get new football cleats. And so my dad has to then, you know, I'm asking why. And my dad then has to, you know, he, that's where, you know, what you asked. He had a teaching moment there. And, you know, he sits, you know, he sits me down and, and, and I, I, I'm sure there was others, but this is one that stuck out to me, you know, and he explained to me the value, you know, of just because something might be old doesn't mean that it's broke or that it needs to be thrown away or replaced. Right. And so he sits down and he has that, you know, that conversation with me about that. But then he also has the conversation about that, you know, I have football cleats. Right. And I'm, complaining about not getting new ones, you know? And, and so it's like, <laughs> I already have some and, you know, and, 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 and you know, and, and when I was growing up, my dad um, gave me the analogy of like, if you've ever been walking and you see somebody on a bike, you wish you had a bike because you could get somewhere faster. If you're on a bike, you wish you had a moped. If you're on a moped, you wish you had a motorcycle. If you had a motorcycle, you wish you had a car, right? And all along, there's somebody watching in a wheelchair that just wish that they could walk, right? And so that perspective you know, he, he, he brought that to my attention and, and, and at an early, I don't know, man, I guess I just was able to understand, like, 
it's okay to not have the newer things, but be grateful for what we do have, because honestly, it could always be worse. Um, and so not, not, not more, you know, not nowadays he doesn't really, you know, verbalize, okay, well, Hey, this is how I was able to get through that or get through that or, or, you know, this scenario or, or anything like that. And more nowadays it's, it's more through that action. Um, and maybe I'm not as stubborn that I can, you know, <laughs> notice him more and respect it. And, you know, um, but really, you know, the, the, the value that my dad always had said to, um, was also the, the family aspect that family is always what matters. And so at the end of the day, it doesn't matter that I didn't get the football cleats. What matters is that we can go home and be home as a family together and everybody's healthy. And so really that's where I come from everything. So if at the end of the day, if I'm still breathing and my family's still good and we're still okay, and we're going to bed at the end of the night and we were able to eat food, well then there's something, there's something there. There's a, there's, there's a, there's in some which way or another, I can give back to somebody else that has less because dude, there's people that have way, way less that are doing way more incredible things than people that are hand fed stuff, you know? And, and I don't know, man, it's just a perspective thing for me, to be honest. I, I, again, I agree with you. I echo that. I think it's a, a beautiful perspective and a positive perspective to have. Question I have for you, kind of going back to um, you talking about your dad fixing broken things. Have you ever heard of the word kintsugi? Kintsugi or kintsugi, if I'm saying it right? No, what is that? So it's uh, the Japanese art of putting back together broken pottery um, okay. by infusing the cracks with gold, like actual gold, and uh, using like the gold to be like the glue, so to speak. Dude, no, but I'm very interested in that. Like that's okay. So the reason the reason they do that is it's an intentional practice that's based on this philosophy that you should embrace your flaws and em embrace your imperfections, and by doing so, you can actually create something even stronger, uh, even more valuable, and even more beautiful. So I think that just goes a hundred percent with you know everything you said about you know, your dad and how he didn't want to, you know, throw out physical things uh, and he wanted to fix them and the value of, you know, a pair of cleats and things like that. But it also goes beyond that. It also goes into the aspect of you as a person and your character. So this could be a tough question, but let me ask you this while we're on this uh, vein here. Have you in life found any significant flaws um, that were either like really tough for you to fix, but then you eventually got over or anything of that nature? Oh, oh yeah, man. I mean, <laughs> it'd probably be easier to list the, the flaws I don't have. Right. I mean, um, yeah, uh, I, I'm a, I'm a huge, um, I'm a huge, huge mental health advocate. Um, I, uh, yeah, man. Um, I, I think it's, uh, sorry, sorry. I'm, I'm kind of getting choked up because this is it kind of brings up a little bit of a, uh, a little bit of a touchy subject for me. Let um, it out, man. Cry, whatever. Let it out. Yeah, if you so got like, it. I'll, I'll, I'll shoot the shit, dude. I mean, I, I have, I, I don't, I don't like, you know, hide from it or anything like that. But I, I, you know, I go to therapy, uh, for for mental health and 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 really to learn how to be better for 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 Doughboy for Kyle, right? Because if I'm not at a hundred percent, well, then you know, my wife's gonna get me at eighty. You know, but then my kid's going to get me my, my, you know, my son and my daughter, they might get me at 60, you know? So, but by the end of Friday, you know, if I, if I'm only at 10%, dude, what's going to happen? What's going to come out of my mouth, right? Who knows? Um, and so I'm, I'm very big, uh, advocate on making sure that Doughboy and Kyle is at a hundred percent so that everybody else in my life can get me at my best because I want them to know who I am at my best so that hopefully I can, you know, give them some kind something in return, you know, love, happiness, you know, whatever it may be, whatever they may need. Um, but yeah, so, so one of the things, you know, as, as far as that goes, um, something that, that really, really just opened my eyes to that. Cause growing up, I mean, I, I never, I never thought I experienced, you know, depression or anxiety or anything like that until, um, my, uh, I have, so I have three older sisters. I'm the, I'm the youngest of three older sisters. Um, uh, and my, 
my youngest of the three sisters was my best is it was my best friend and was i don't know if anybody you know in their life has that one person that's like that's their person they can talk to about anything they know that they're going to get an honest loving you know response from them you know and just just if any i don't know if you, if you have that person in your life ian or you know i don't know um I hope you do. But for me, that my sister was that person. Um, and coming up on coming up on four years ago, um, in May, she passed away and, uh, or shit, this is going to be five years coming up on five, five. May will, May will be five years. I'm, I'm so sorry to hear that. Um, that sounds incredibly painful and I'm, I'm really sorry for your loss. Thank you. I, I, yeah, I, Yeah, man. Um, she was a, she was a, she was the gem. She was a fucking rock star in every aspect of the way. And, uh, and, and so it was just so abrupt. And like, I got a call, I got a call on a Thursday. I was at work by, you know, midnight Thursday night, me and my family were in Utah in a hospital, uh, you know, Tuesday afternoon, the day before my sister's 32nd birthday, she passed away. So, you know, it's, it's, it's what the hell is life. Right. And, and she's 32, she's got, you know, four kids, you know, and, and a husband, you know, that, and, and people just that love her. And it's like, what the hell is life? Right. And so that put me into a, a, a crazy whirlwind of emotions that I never dealt with before or, you know, or, or, or knew, you know what I'm saying? And so here's me being this, like, this guy that, you know, family members are looking up to, I don't know why, but they do. And they look up to that. And so I'm in this position now where like, I feel like I have to have the weight of my family, you know, so like, I'm not reacting to, 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 to the loss of my sister, of my best friend. And, and so it, it really, so for years, for two years, I didn't do anything. And I thought that I was okay. And, you know, and I just wouldn't think about it. Wouldn't talk, you know, just, just out of sight, out of mind kind of a thing. And man, did that do more damage to me than I could have ever thought. And I don't want, and I I don't say damage in a bad way, but it was causing me to do things uncharacteristic of myself. And I found myself, you know, doing just making dumb decisions and doing dumb things because I was trying to fill that void, that emptiness and, uh, and so, yeah, man, I, I'm, I'm sorry to kind of go off there, but, um, the, no the biggest, the biggest thing for me was, was, I guess, learning and it was, was learning who I actually am and, and learning to be okay with one, not being okay or knowing or being okay with knowing that I'm a, a work in progress. And I think that's everybody you know, and, 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 and I'm not saying everybody needs to see a therapist, a therapist or anything like that, but it's really incredible what you can find out about yourself. Like you going to see a therapy doesn't mean you have problems or anything like that. It means you, you're, you're wanting to help yourself. Right. And so, yeah, man, I just, it's, it's been an, it's been an insane, it's been an insane journey of being able to see who I am without my sister there and, 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 and having to really know and lean in onto the values of who I am, um, to get over this kind of, you know, to, or, or not, not get over. Cause I've still not, but to be able to, to deal with it on, on, uh, to eat, to be able to deal with it easier on a day-to-day basis. Cause there's be days, man, where it would just shut me down and put me down. And I, and I just, Nope, dude, I'm not doing anything today. I don't care what has to be done today. I'm, I can't do anything. And, and, and so it's so weird to me because I've never once felt that. And I never once had that in my life. And so to be faced with that, it's been a challenge, but it's also been very rewarding because I found out so much more about myself and how, who I am and what I'm actually capable of, um, of what I actually thought I was. So in a roundabout way, it's, it's also been a blessing, man. And, and, and I can't believe that I could say that, but it's just, it's just insane. It's just really insane how life works. And, and it's just, it's just a blessing to be able to be here, you know, to be able to be talking with you, to be able to have Twitter, to be able to do all that. It's just, it's just insane, man. Yeah, I, I agree. 
Um, you know, that's, that's a lot. Um, what I, what I think is beautiful is what you said that you can find some way, even through all the darkness to see it as a blessing and just perfectly fitting the analogy that we're talking about with Kintsugi, you had an event in your life where, you know, I think it would be appropriate to say it left you shattered. Um, and you know, yeah, there was points where you were, you know, still in pieces that's to be expected. That's normal. It would be really weird if you had that type of relationship and weren't like somewhat shattered, uh, you know, by losing or having that loss. So, you know, I, 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 I think it's beautiful that, you know, despite the darkness you got through and, you know, eventually you found a way to put all those pieces back together. Um, another thing I want to say, comment on what you said there, you talked about how for a period you tried not to deal with your negative emotions and tried to, you know, repress them or suppress them. Um, I'm just really glad that you got out of that and, you know, got yourself into therapy because my personal story, I've had mental health kind of issues my whole life stemming from my parents getting divorced when I was three and just a bunch of other shit after that. Um, so I, I know what it's like to be at those lows And I've definitely been a person who's had times in life where I tried to suppress emotions or, you know, run away from the darkness or run away from the pain to the extent where, you know, there was there was a time in my life where I was cutting myself. There was, uh, you know, eating issues that I had. Um, You know, I got addicted to painkillers, Oxycontin when I was in high school uh, for a bit. You know, I, I was you know, I was living a very negative life. Um, trying to push away all this pain and not deal with it. And, you know, despite being in therapy, you know, basically as long as I could remember, I I always felt like, you know, the stigma, you know, and you're kind of speaking to that too. I could kind of hear it in the way you're approaching the topic. Like you're like speaking against the stigma and you're letting people, you know, who have the stigma know, hey, like there's no reason to have a stigma. It doesn't mean there's something wrong with you. It doesn't mean you're defective. It doesn't mean you're like fucking broken, like in a way that's weird. Like, no, like people get broken sometimes and sometimes you need help putting yourself back together. Um, I didn't feel that way. I I felt the stigma like, you know, and not even from society. I just personally, or maybe it was from society, maybe subconscious. Like I don't know where it came from, but I just constantly felt like, there was something wrong with me and they were telling me there was something wrong with me. And like, I didn't feel like I got to a point where I was like, there's something wrong with me. I need some help. Right. Like it was like, Oh, this kid's a divorced kid, uh, you know, family kind of child. And we got to, we got to just throw him into therapy. He's going to need help. But since it was just like thrown onto me, uh, you know, I, I hated it. Honestly, I, you know, there was medicine I tried to take I like at some point I was like trying to take the pills and I was like throwing them out. Like I, was like, you know, rebelling, rejecting it um, because, you know, if, if for whatever reason you don't want therapy or you see it as a negative thing or it makes you feel like there's something wrong with you, um, you know, then it can't help. So I, I love that you're kind of speaking to the positive sides of therapy. You know, I'm in therapy still now, uh, even at 31 years old. And, you know, I find that it helps. I find that it's another person to listen to your feelings, to be a shoulder to cry on to, you know, share your thoughts kind of thing um, and give you a perspective that you don't have. Right. Like these people spend their whole lives training to help people in rough spots. So, you know, it's not it's not anything like shameful. It's not anything to be embarrassed about. In fact, I think it's the opposite. I think you should be more embarrassed to be too prideful to go to therapy, to think you're too good for it, to be, you know, too um, like egotistical to say, yeah, dude, there's things wrong with me. I have flaws and I want to work on them. And it's unrealistic that like the majority of people in the world just don't need help. Like, like, why do you have to act like that? Like, oh, I don't need help. Why? Cause you think, you think you're the only one or something like, no, everybody fucking needs help. So you don't have to feel like you're alone. You don't have to feel ostracized. You don't have to feel, you know, outcast for going to therapy and seek help. Um, you know, so yeah, I, I I'm kind of just saying the same thing in different ways, but it's important to me to echo that for anyone who's listening, you know, either in the audience or listening later uh, on the replays uh, on Spotify, Apple Podcast, Anchor, you know, anyone who's listening, you know, go to therapy, like fuck it, like for, forget whatever we want, whatever anyone said that made you feel bad or that convinced you, you know, there has to be something really bad about. No, fuck all that. It, it's a message from me, Kowski. It's a message from Doughboy, Kyle, like. 
fuck that. Go to therapy. Get yourself some help. It's not weird. It's weird or not to go. You deserve it. And if you try to suppress it, you'll you'll it'll end up coming out in other ways. You'll be abusive to people. You'll end up maybe abusing yourself, self harm. You could get into substances. That shit will pull up. You could end up with a drinking problem. Um, so Doughboy's definitely a positive example. He's doing all the right fucking stuff going to therapy. So, dude, I just want to thank you and commend you and, you know, for being vulnerable. I, I know you're getting choked up. Um, no judgment for me. I, if anything, positive judgment. I love it. I love their vulnerability. I love the way you're sharing your story and kind of just showing that you have this spectrum and this range, you know, you kind of let in saying, Hey, you know, I was a little bit spoiled, uh, this and that. And, you know, I, I had a positive upbringing and never had depression, anything like that. But then you talk about the point in your life where all of a sudden it once it hit you. Um, and even though, you know, I kind of grew up with it the whole time and you, it hit at a certain point out of nowhere. Now we're at a point where we both have this experience of, you know, having some sort of trauma and trying to heal and feeling hurt emotionally by it and grappling with how it comes out when you haven't fully, you know, coped or come to terms or found the right mechanisms. So thank you so much. And, you know, I love your vulnerability and everything that you've shared. Oh, dude, Ian, uh, man, thank you, man. That was yeah, you 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 just said it all beautifully, and and I'm just uh, again grateful to be here. Um, I I just I I would say this about therapy, because people want to say it's scary, right? Well, I am thinking back, right? So so thinking back to uh, for how long I've been going to therapy and stuff like that, I am more scared of the person I would be. Or what could or more scared of what could have happened or the person that I could be not going to therapy over the fear of going the first time. Because it's only really that first time where you feel uncomfortable and it's like, you know, get to know somebody like they want to ask questions. You know what I'm saying? It's that it's that uncomfortable like, hey, we're here to talk about your shit. Right. And so but that's OK. Right. But that's way less scary <laughs> than than thinking about where I could be if I hadn't been going this time, you know, and, and wow, dude. yeah, it's, it's like, dude, it just, if, if it's ever been a thought or if you're ever contemplating it, dude, just make the appointment and go because what I've, I, I don't know about you, but I personally, like there's been many, many appointments where, you know, I'm crying and it's hard and it's like some of the hardest shit I've ever done. But then when I leave and the appointment's over, dude, it's like I'm breathing the freshest air I've ever breathed or, you know, and, it, and it's like, it's like my backpack of life's shit that I've been carrying around is two bricks lighter and I, and I can do an extra lot. You know what I'm saying? Like for me anyways, that's yeah. how I feel. And I don't know if, if the time that you've gone, you felt that too or not, but like, man, dude, it, it's like, it's almost like I'm addicted to feeling like that because it feels so much better to talk in a, in a non, um, uh, what's the word you, you said it perfectly in a, in a very calm, um, non, um, fuck, what's the, I'm sorry, I'm losing the word here, but thank you. Yes. A very non judgmental place, the very safe place to talk about whatever it is you want to talk about. And dude, the, the way to like, man, it just blow and, and honestly, it made me upset that I wasn't, you know, strong enough to make that choice earlier. But to that aspect, I'm also very, very grateful for the people in my life that brought it to my attention that said, hey, you should probably see somebody. And that, you know, that changed has changed my life so far, because I like I said, I, I'm, I'm scared to think of the road I would be on or where I would be if I hadn't gone. Yeah. And I would say, you know, no shame in not getting there earlier. You know, like we've said, you know, society itself kind of puts this stigma. It's like it's like a feeling that you just kind of get growing up from, you know, TV or movies or your family or somewhere that it's like, you know, people look at you weird if you're doing it uh, and you just got to shake that off. So fuck it that you didn't do it earlier. Just, you know, kudos to the fact that you eventually did. Now, a few other points or messages I just want to give, um, you know, to you or to the like listeners, audience, for anyone that is considering, you know, going to a therapist, uh, you asked if I have the type of moments you do. 
Yeah, of course. I would say personally, I don't, you know, I don't know if everybody does. I, I think if it's working, you should have some moments like that. I would also say, don't go in there expecting, you know, every single session to be like that. Or if yours are, that's fucking amazing. Um, not for me. So just for people listening, like, you know, some sessions will be like that. Some may be more mild, you know, it depends what you're going through and what you need. But to Doughboy's point, it is going in there and it is unloading your baggage. It's, it's trauma, it's psychological uh, and mental baggage that, when you're carrying it uh, emotionally, it literally makes your body feel heavy. That's a relatable thing. Like people talk about like, you know, how are you feeling? Oh, I feel heavy right now. You know, like even though you're always the same weight, when people say they feel heavy, right? Oh, it's a heavy situation. Is it, is it fucking physically heavy? No, obviously not. It's emotionally heavy. That's what people mean when they say, oh, wow, that was some heavy stuff. Like it made me have this feeling, this emotion that even though I'm the same weight, I physically felt heavier. And you're going to a person who, you know, some of these things are on your back. You said, I think you took it out of your backpack, I think was an analogy you used, right? Some of these things are on your back. They're behind you. They're in your past, right? You, maybe you can't see them, you know, like a, like a spot on your uh, back that you really want to fucking itch, but you know, you need to call over your wife and be like, babe, I can't fucking reach. You got to get this for me, right? There are people who maybe can reach spots that you can't, and they're reaching into your past where you have all this shit that you've been carrying. That's what we call bad and it's fucking heavy and they unload it they go yeah have a seat unload right unload your fucking baggage unload all those feelings that make you feel so fucking heavy um you know and dark and sad and you know drive you to do all these like you know negative things another thing i want to say about therapy while we're on the topic you may not love the person you get the first person you get that's okay i would say push past that like be ready to, you know, maybe need to see a second or a third person. Um, you know, I would say give that person a chance. It's probably a good idea. But if you walk in there and it's not just the whole therapy concept, like there's actually something about the person that just rubbed you the total wrong way. And, you know, it's not going to be a year of like getting to know each other. Just go to somebody else the next time. Last thing I want to say, um, just general messages about therapy. Because, again, like you said, mental health is a really important topic for me uh, and for you and for a lot of people. Um, you don't have to fucking go. And what I mean by that is physically, you could do telehealth. You don't have to like get out of your house to go to a therapist anymore. And I think that was true prior to COVID, but especially after this whole pandemic, you know, everything is tele, like whatever, teleservices, telehealth, you know, teleordering your food, whatever it is, like, you know, not going out to a restaurant, you know, these types of things, everything you know, has changed. So it's so much more available for people who don't want to leave their house. Like if part of your stigma about going to a psychologist is like, I don't want to walk into a building that says psychology and maybe somebody sees me or something, or you just feel weird driving there, whatever that is. Or, you know, if that's an obstacle, fuck that. That does not have to be an obstacle. You could do a Zoom or a WebEx or however the fuck you're doing the, uh, the video chat kind of thing that you're doing for the call. And you know, you could go to therapy right from your house. It could be totally convenient. And then especially if you have to go to another person, if you're not even driving, you know, the gas, all that, it's even easier to kind of just try to switch and find another person. So, you know, some people prefer physical. That's totally fine too. But for the people with obstacles to that, which I feel like is a lot of people, it's it's just way easier to do it from your phone, um, you know, if, if you feel like there's a barrier. Now, this is this is switching up the topic a little bit, if you don't mind, um, just because, like, you know, we're getting closer to the end here. This was a question I've been wanting to ask you just looking for the right time. And I don't know if now's it, but fuck it. I'm asking you now. Why are you Doughboy? Like, I I, I meant to kind of ask you at the beginning. I was curious. But, um, you know, you're, you're Doze Oven and Doughboy. Doughboy, why? So, uh, <laughs> yeah, so, uh, so Doughboy is always uh, so... <laughs> So there's a couple of different terms, but, uh, so I, I dude, straight up my family, that was just always my family's nickname for me because I would, they would call me the Pillsbury Doughboy. And so, so for short, they would call me Doughboy because I would just absolutely tear through and annihilate any bread substance, any, I don't give a shit if it's a roll, if it's a breadstick, if it, it dude, if there is bread, if there, if there is dough involved, 
I love it. And then uh, the Doughboy just kind of caught on, you know, because obviously, you know, it's cool to have money and all that. But, you know, that's not the whole f focus. But it's just it's just something that my family has always called me for long, long, long times ago. So to be completely honest, it's because I eat I fucking love bread. So <laughs> it's fucking I'll eat it all, dude. Give me get me anywhere. You just got to say, hey, yeah, we're going to have bread. OK, OK, <laughs> we'll have rolls. OK. That's pretty fucking funny. So. When I saw Doughboy, I thought, like, I don't know, maybe you were, like, a baker or something. It's funny that uh, you're on the other nope. end. You just love eating things that are made from <laughs> Yeah, I was, you know, I'm a, I'm a little I'm a little bit bigger. And, uh, you know, and, and so Doughs Oven, you know, Doughboy dough is just a, you know, thing. And, and I threw up the Doughs Oven because, you know, I'm preheating the oven, dude. I, you know, I'm, I'm always preheating. always got something ready to cook, you know. So that's just kind of my little thing. But... But yeah, dude, just freaking, you know, I just love the dough. <laughs> yeah, and because your name is Doughs Oven, like I immediately thought of like, like you said, bread and actual dough. But then something else you said, Doughboy, like money, like getting that dough, stacking that fucking paper. Yeah. It's a little bit double entendre there. Yeah. So I that's a, a cool name in that regard as well. And I also have to throw back uh, or at least just, you know, put a little respect on the original Doughboy. If uh, if you've seen a couple gangster movies, um there's a there's the OG Doughboy in one of those too. So uh, who's that? I don't I don't know if I know fuck. Uh, what movie is it? It's um uh it's fucking exhibit. Uh, is it uh, Ice Cube? Ice Cube plays Doughboy. He gets out of uh fuck. What movie is it? Um, we can look up the name. Later, I'm but sorry. What, what... Yeah. Uh, anyways, he he that that's his name. That's his nickname in the movie. Why, why is he Doughboy? Because he likes bread also, or because he's fucking stacking that? Yeah, paper? yeah, because he's all about stacking paper. He's in It's a gang movie, you know? So, yeah, he, he definitely isn't about stacking the pastries like I am, but, you know. Not <laughs> croissants. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then uh, just I, I don't want to circle back this far, but I am. One thing with therapy, you get out of it what you put into it. And so to your point, like, I feel like I have a lot of weight lifted off because when I go in, like I'm going there and it's already making me uncomfortable. So I'm going to, I'm not just going to bullshit that. Right. Because if I'm going to bullshit that, then I'm going to get bullshit results and bullshit results got me to the point where I was already at where I'm already am. Right. So just, if you do make the choice to go, do just be honest, but don't be honest with your therapist, be honest with yourself. Because I think that for me, that's when I really feel the best is when I say something that maybe I'm the only one that knows, right? Or, you know, whatever. And those, like, being true to yourself and, and, and really giving it your best is how you're going to get better results back. But that's anything. That's anything. But really, when you're talking about yourself, like, you're the only person you're lying to is yourself. Like, let's not do that. You know what I'm saying? Everybody, you know, everybody, one, one of my big things right now that I'm focused on is, you know, no, nobody's going to just start cheering for Doughboy, Right. And so I don't need to have, I don't need to be my own critic. I'm for Thank you. I appreciate that, dude. I'm, I'm for I've, yeah, dude, I, I appreciate that. But you know, really on the, on the outskirts of it, right. You don't need to be another hater yourself. You don't need to hate yourself too. Like there's, there's people out there that are going to do it for you. You need to love yourself and you need to, you know, it doesn't matter where you are or where you're at. Love yourself, be true to who you are and lean into it and learn who you are. Right. Cause maybe, maybe people don't know, but that's okay. That's okay. You will find out as long as you want to, but just be true to that because you know, I, I'm tired of buying jerseys that have other people's name on the back of it. I'm buying my own goddamn jersey because I'm going to cheer the loudest for myself. Because if I'm cheering yeah. the loudest for myself, I'm going to be the best for the people in my life that matter the most to me. Fuck yeah. You got to you got to be able to stand on your uh, own two feet to be able to help other people. So you got to be a little bit selfish to be selfless, I always say, because you, you can't help Correct. people if you're if you're helpless, if you need help yourself. Yep. Um. One thing to echo your point about opening up and being honest and true and genuine in therapy, they literally are legally bound not to fucking tell anybody anything you say. So they could go to jail for fucking gossiping. Like, like if that's like, you know, one of the reasons people don't want to open up, they're worried about judgment. Like, even if that person's judging you in their head or they say something like that, stay in that fucking room sealed forever. Like the only things they're obligated, uh, I think, to report or like, you know, if you're like planning a murder or like some shit like that, like some extreme shit you're like the terrorist act like i think they have to report that <laughs> i think it's like oh, fuck yeah i think don't be that. 
person. I was gonna say, don't tell them that. Don't fucking have that to yeah, tell. Don't do that. Yeah, I was gonna say, I think it's, I think it's like if you're gonna physically like harm somebody or if it involves a, a child. I think those are the only two things that they like have to. Or if you're like you about know, to commit suicide and you yes, say that, they could like call yes. the you know nine one one kind of thing. But yes. yes, otherwise they are fucking legally bound to keep their lips fucking sealed. So there's no reason not to just fucking let it all out. You know, I mean. It it's just, it is literally a safe space. Yeah, yeah, and, and it's it's the wait. Did you... I can't hear? Did you oh say something? shit! I'm sorry. It, it mute. Yes, I did. I'm sorry. It muted when I went back in. Um, I was to say it's it's like the weirdest, but yet best feeling because I know that when I walk through the office and I get to her, her room right to her actual office and we go through the door, that backpack that we've been talking about the baggage, right? It's like, I set it at the door and I open it up, right? I'm not carrying it anymore and I'm opening it up and now I'm sitting down and now I'm ready to talk about, because you know, it's not like, it's not like, you know, she's got an agenda. She asked me, Hey, how's the day going? You know, what, what, what happened? What's going on? What's going on in Kyle's life? What's, what's going on? And it's me and it's, and, it, and it's me. And then she, you know, I, you know, obviously it's, man, it's just, it's just so much deeper than, than over like, you know, just trying to talk like, ugh, man, dude, it, it, I, I don't want to keep, you know, beating a dead horse, but it's so important. And so I definitely, definitely would urge if anybody wants to talk to anybody to talk well, and, and it, it might maybe baby steps, you know, maybe, maybe, a, a, you know, significant other or somebody along that line, a really good friend or something like that, but at least talk to somebody that you trust that you can find, you know, whatever it is you're looking for in them. Um, because talking about shit feels so much better than keeping it in. Yeah. Again, I totally agree with you and you don't have to feel like you're beating a dead horse even if other people listening feel like that, whatever, because the people that need to hear the message sometimes need to hear it over and over and over again. And in fact, often do before they actually, you know, take that next step and feel the nudge and go to therapy. So, you know, we could circle back to therapy, uh, you know, as much as you want. Speaking though of time, um, we do have about nine minutes left in the podcast, in the interview here before we close out. Uh, I always give the guests this time to self-promote. So if there's something you're selling or working on, a website, a page you want followed, your Twitter, whatever it is, this is the time to go ahead and do that. Otherwise, it's literally the time you know to use however you want to close out. So if you want to spend another nine minutes talking about therapy, we can, or you know whatever else you want to talk about. Um, but what are your thoughts on you know how you want to kind of end the space here? Um. Yeah. I uh, one. I appreciate you know, the, the free, the freedom of this, this is awesome. Um, no, I don't, I don't really, I mean, I mean, there's definitely things in the works. Uh, I, I don't have like a project or, or anything like that to, to talk about or anything, you know, web three related or anything that I'm doing. Um, but what I am doing is, is, is I really want to make awareness on, on that, on that giving back. Um, and, and knowing that, you know, even if it's very little, um, giving back, whether, whether, whether you can give back a smile, a handshake, a hi, Hey, how you're doing, or if, or if giving back is literally being able to go spend hundreds of thousands of dollars for charities and whatever, whatever it is, mean it when you do it, do it with an open heart and really, really, truly, really try to think of the other side of the pillow, right? The other side of the story, Right. Just because we are so, you know, society makes us want to get so, you know, built up into this, you know, go, 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 go. You know, the, the world's so go, 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 fast pace, fast pace, fast pace, you know, me, 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 me. Well, hey, it's okay to ask how somebody else is doing too. Um, and, and so, you know, I just, I, you know, in the last couple of minutes, I guess I would just urge people to, you know, take time to reach out to family members and friends, people you maybe you haven't talked to in a while and just say, Hey, how you doing? Like shoot them a message, shoot them a text, shoot them a phone call. If they don't answer, leave a voicemail, you know, like it doesn't matter. Reach out, show a little bit more kindness because I think that if I, I think that if the world could have just 5% more kindness that dude, 90% of the world's problems would be gone. Um, I just, I just really think that kindness and love and giving back just need to be so huge, especially now, 
because the world's such a crazy place and there's so many wild and crazy things happening day in and day out, some good, some bad. Um, uh, but you know, it feels like it's just always focused on the bad. Um, and I'm, and I'm ready to, to start shedding light on, on the good, you know, like I had a, um, uh, teacher 96, I think is her handle. Her name's Katie. She's super big in the V friends. Yeah, space. I know Everybody know a I lot of her. people. Yes. A lot of people know Katie, right? Awesome. 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 So I found out who Amber Victoria is in a roundabout way. Um, and so I really started looking into her art and there was a couple pieces of her art and I've never been an art person to where they can look at something and be like, Oh yeah, I feel this type of way. Like I've never, I, it's either like, Oh yeah, that's cool. And I like that or, you know, or, or not. Right. Like that's, I never, I never really got past deeper feelings of that. And, uh, and I really, it was really weird. It hit me, but I really had a couple of pieces resonate with me. And, and so I had commented on there and here comes, here comes freaking Katie being a gem that she is. And she just goes, Hey, I have one of her books. If you would, you know, she DMS me and she's like, Hey, I have a book. Would you want me to send you one of, one of her books? Like, if you see that you like this, she's like, I have like nine of them. And so she sent me one of her books and gave out the rest of the books to other people. And I'm just like, dude, what a selfless, like, like to me, like, dude, that meant so much to me that literally like, but, and, 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 and it's kind of a border of like, it feels weird to talk about it. Cause I'm not trying to boast about myself or any of that, but like literally just to bring the awareness that Katie is super awesome and nice. And she gives back like, like that's, you know, like it could have maybe cost her, you know, 20 bucks or whatever. But what that meant to me was way more than $20. And I hope that she knows that, you know, and, 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 and I just feel like that's the kind of stuff that needs to be talked about more, um, and brought to light because there is good in the world, but the negative, you know, kind of trumps that. And so that's, that's just kind of what the dough boy is about. That's what the dough oven is. You know, I got a lot of things that were preheating, got a lot of awesome things that are, you know, the timer's ready and we're cooking when we're ready to go. And when they're ready to go, it's going to be hot and it's going to be served fresh and everybody's going to enjoy it, you know? And so, I don't know, man, that's just a little bit of me. And, and, and I really just hope that everybody can <laughs> be a little bit nicer to the person next to them and, and nicer to themselves because you don't need to be so hard on yourself all the time. Yeah, I agree with that. I've been, you know, echoing everything you're saying, you know, you're another, another great episode. I always say meeting with another person who's positive, passionate, wants to help the world. One anecdote I'll throw out there. And again, this is not to toot my own horn. You know, I people always say, oh, you know, why, why give a homeless person money if you're going to take a picture? I mean, yeah, it's less humble to take a picture, but like, like, who is that guy that's criticizing that? Like, are you the biggest philanthropist in the world? Like, do you give more money to homeless people than the people who take pictures doing it? Like, do you do it like all the time and never take like, like who is criticizing those people? You know what I'm saying? Like that guy's still getting the fucking sandwich. Like, I don't even care if people do take the picture and want to do that. Like, personally, I agree there's like a humble aspect to it. But I think it's weird when people judge people like I get the comment. I get the oh, your show. Like, I get it. I get where it comes from. But fuck that. That's just like more negativity and shit that you don't need. I see you have your hand up. Yeah, I, I'll just put because this is uh, like going back to what's in my bio. Um, giving back, but giving back or giving for the right reason. But let me let me let's put that there. Um because if I, I am not an advocate and I will strongly voice this, if you are wanting to give something or do something for somebody to then get something in return, like if that's your whole thought process, then, then no, no, you know, not, no, no, not I, to get something in return. Right. I was just talking about posting. Well, no, 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 like, no, I feel like no, that's, that's, that's fine. Hey, I, hey, that's cool. And that's fine. I'm just saying because it also spreads awareness that that was correct. where I was going with that. Correct. Like, even if it's like a, an ego, Oh, look what I did a nice thing. Fuck it. Someone else might see it and want to do it too. Like, correct. Don't criticize yes. Me. Yes. It's the, it's the all state commercial. Expect something back. That's not kindness. That's a, that's a tacit agreement. That's yes. A, that's a fucking unsigned contract. Yes. That's manipulation. That's fucked up. <laughs> yes. That and, and people, but unfortunately dude, people think that, Oh, because I gave this like, or because I did this, like, Oh, I can ask for this or I can do this or I I'm expecting to get this and like no, dude, if you give with expectation, you're a fuckface. If you give without expectation, then that's the true meaning of the that's, word. That's the right. That's the only <laughs> yes. way to give. 
you're giving with expectation, then you're not. You're not giving. And then, yeah, my my example that I was going to throw out, it's not a long story. It's just, you know, I was walking through the subway in New York City, and there was a guy who seemed all turned about. He was trying to go back through the way you come in. Like, like to get through the subway, you like um, the turn scan style your cars. Yeah, the turnstile. Okay, okay, yeah, 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 exactly. yeah, okay. So, so you scan your card to get through the turnstile. He had his card out. Like, he looked like he was trying to go back out the other way and scan. And you don't scan on the way out. You scan on the way in. So I'm like, this guy looks like he's about to, like, leave. And he already scanned in. Like, if he leaves, he's going to lose his money. Like, he looks lost. So I, like, walked through the turnstile. I had to go on the train. And I'm like, hey, man, where are you going? And, like, there was, like, definitely some sort of language barrier thing. He takes out some piece of paper. It had an address. I Google the address. Google tells me what train he needs to take. He's generally in the right area. I go, dude, you've got to take the two. You know, you go six stops. You get off at this stop. Got it? He repeated it back to me. I was like, okay, cool. Even if he gets lost, he could repeat that to someone else. And now he knows where he's going. And, you know, that's it. That's that's an act of kindness. It's a random act of kindness. Like, Otherwise, I don't know, maybe he would have lost the money or who knows, maybe it wouldn't have been a big deal, but fuck it. It's not about like exactly what you said, what you get back. It's just about having the kindness to do something nice. We literally have one minute left. Any like one more kind of like quote, whatever aphorism, mic drop, and then I'll close out. Hey, just, uh, yeah, just, just, if you could read my bio, man, just, just, just the, just the first part when you end out, man, that's, that's all, that's all Doughboy's about. All right. So. We'll close out with two messages. One will be Doughboy's message reading the bio. Because I have been given much, I too must give. And I'll read the second part too. Just be real with a little heart emoji because I also like that. Keep it fucking real. Uh, And then the other message that we tack on at the end here, or not tack on, that we always share, is the universe is full of love. The universe is full of energy. Yes, there's dark and light, but at the end of everything, there's a oneness. And in that oneness, there is love. And if you have not heard it today, you are loved. And also, sorry, I I forgot to thank the guests and the listeners. Sorry. Thank you to the guests. Thank you to the listeners. Thank you. uh, Sorry, to the guests. Thank you, Doughboy, for coming on. I know I thanked you at the beginning. I like to do it at the end, too. I don't want to close without uh, being appreciative, being grateful, taking the extra minute and the time to do that, because that's literally just what we were talking about. So show that kindness. So thank you for being kind. Thank you for sharing your time. Thank you for coming on. Thank you to everybody listening in the audience. Please like, you know, retweet, share it. If you're looking at it anywhere on social media, if you want to come on for a future episode, reach out. But then going back to that last message, if you have not heard it today, you are loved.